you can, just go ahead and pop up the title. It says, Be the Salt and the Light. Salt of the earth, light of the world. We have read it. We have heard it. And sometimes what we always try to do is try to be it and do it. And that's what I'm going to mainly be t setting on today's topic about. Because most of the time, that is the part that we struggle with. We know it. We hear it. But doing it is the part that we struggle with. And it isn't no bad thing. Because believe me, we're all human. I struggle with it at times. Sometimes i got to sit back and say, calm down, guy. Come on. Sit down. It's not worth it. Just let it go. <laughs> believe me, I've been there. But if we will, we'll go to Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. I'm assuming since it's already up there. It says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that set us on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick to give it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that ye shall, that ye, wait, men, that they may see the good works and glorify your Father which art in heaven. Very simple. Very simple task. Very simple thing. And if you realize it or not, we are very simple people. People that think they're all extraordinary, they're not that extraordinary. They're a simple human just like anybody else. Any other man that thinks he's a bigger man than me, well, good, good for you. But you put your britches on one leg at a time, same as I do. I mean, nobody's better than anybody. So for any of us to say that we're struggling here and not struggling there, we're a liar. For we all do struggle with this point, with being the salt and being the light. Because it's uncomfortable at times. It was not uncomfortable for Jesus to say some of these things and command us to do these things because he knew that if we want to be anointed and we want to be blessed and we wanted to see the power of God to fall and let his gospel go forth, that we have to get out of our uncomforts. There's this part in Isaiah where it talks about where the mother eagle gets over her nest and she begins to flutter her wings. But before she does that, she makes it so uncomfortable for those eaglets. So uncomfortable because it's all fun and games to stay in the house. And be comfortable and hear good preaching and hear good teaching. It is so comfortable and be like that. But you know, there's sometimes there has to be a, be a rustling in the nest. There has to be an uncomfort. Because it takes that uncomfort to make them eaglets jump out and realize, I got more to this than just what's in here. I got wings that I can go beyond heights that people's never imagined. I can go above the skies, above the clouds, above everything until there is nothing. But it's easy sailing. But we have to get to that point of, am I comfortable where I'm at? And am I willing to leave this comfort to go higher? And to find to a greater power and a greater spot in God? So here we are. We're talking about the salt and the light. There are so many extraordinary things about salt and light. A lot of the things we just play them all. I mean, how many of you have salt in your house? And please tell me you keep salt in your house, because I do know people that doesn't keep salt in their house. I'm like, you're out of your ever-loving mind. It's like you are plain and dull. I cannot eat none of your food. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am a man that I love salt. I love seasoning. Because what does it do? It enhances the flavor. It makes everything taste better. If you don't believe me, follow me and watch me eat, and you'll understand my eating patterns. Believe me, I love to eat. doesn't look it, but I do. But salt has such a powerful 
things that it can do. For what we talk about right there, it can enhance the flavor of everything that you put it on. So think about that. If we're supposed to be the salt, we're supposed to be, I won't say, some of us are introverts. I understand this. Sometimes I feel like I'm an introvert because I just don't want to be messed with. But when we come into the room, that's not quite what I'm saying. I'm saying that as the salt of the earth, that who you are, you have that power to walk in the room and be the person who has the power. What am I saying? I'm talking about if you walk into the room with unbelievers, you have that power and that authority that you can control the spirit that's going on there. I had a situation at work, and a guy got all fussy and all this, and I'm not going to say But either way, I looked at him and said, we ain't going to do this. I stood my ground. I said, there ain't no time. We don't have time nor the reason to do this. We're not doing this. Immediately, his spirit took down because I stood up. I said, we're not doing it because I realized that I had the authority in that place spiritually. I might not have the authority physically as the boss or anything, but I had the spiritual authority to say, we're not doing this. Because just the same with a candle, for instance. I can take a candle in a room and it can be completely black. But I have that candle, therefore I have the light. I can see what other people cannot see because they're in darkness. So if you're the one that has the light, and you're the one that is the salt, you have the power to see and to change whatever's in front of you. If you don't like your work environment, do something about it. There's a difference in between sitting there and not doing anything and then actually doing something about it. Believe me, I have been targeted as a person for not, for not doing what other people do. For not going on about with the, the drinking, the partying, and all this. I've been put down for it. Believe me, I have. And you know, the more thing, one thing that has got me through more than any of it is a compliment that somebody told me that I thought was offensive at first. They said, well, Brother K is just Brother K. At first, I took it as an insult. It's like, well, you, I got a pat, everybody else got a pat on the back, and they got to me, and they said, well, Brother K is just Brother K. And Brother Rob knows what I'm talking about. At first, I took it as an insult. I really did. But the more that I matured and the more that I grow and growed, I realized it's like that's the best compliment that I could ever been given. Because Brother K is just Brother K. In other words, I stand for what I stand for. I will not be moved. I will not go one way or another. Look at Jesus. He says, I stand what I stand for. I will not condemn you. I will not send you to hell. But I will be the one to support you. I will be the one to help you. Jesus is that same thing. Jesus is just Jesus. There is no extra. There is no left or right. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Just the same as all the rest of you. You are who you are. Don't try to be somebody different because of the crowd you're in or the thing, the influence. Because when we read, we just read it. When salt loses its savor, it is good for nothing. That's a scary thought that whenever we can be, we are, we got this power, we got this authority, we got this changing ability, but we can lose it in just a moment, in a second, be trying to become something different that we're not. Does anybody know the chemical formula for salt? Sodium chloride. Somebody had chemistry. Sodium chloride. What do we know about sodium and then chloride? Does anybody know that? Besides, no, 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 no. Batman song, no. We're not going to do it? Okay. The, the chemical formula for sodium is Na, if you didn't know. So what am I saying? I'm saying this, that sodium in its purest form, whenever it comes in contact with water, it explodes. Think about that. When sodium in its purest form comes in contact with water, it will ignite and explode. 
something so dangerous. Now, let, watch this, though. Chlorine, in its purest, for, purest forming of a gas, it is so toxic that it will kill you by breathing it. How in the world can two things so aggressive, so different, come together and make something so savorous? It is because it's the power of being able to... Cause see, I believe this, that God says that you're a salt, but He's not... Think about it this way. I'm going to blow your mind. He has not taken away your past. He has not taken away what you went through. He's not taken away who you were then, but He's using for what you had then to make who you are now, to make it be the thing that changes the flavor of everything else around you. To make it be the thing that changes the places of where you're at and the situations that other people are in. He doesn't change where you come from and the toxic that you used to be or the hurt that you used to go through and the things that you were down and out. But He says, no, 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 I'm going to use this for their good. For all things are for your good. Does it not say that? So it's by the power of that salt that you are, that you're able to change so much. And now I'm going to go to the light. Here's the thing about a light. You're able to cast away darkness. And nothing can stay around you. There's shadows. Shadows are made by light because it's way to look at it. The way I look at it, it's the darkness that's trying to hide away from the light. It's trying to get behind something, trying to not be completely nuffed out. Because if there was solid light everywhere, there would be no shadow anywhere. It isn't strange to me that in first thing in Genesis, it talks about let there be light. You know, a lot of theologians say, and I even myself, I've even studied it myself, two places in the creation process, God says, let there be light. The first one is let there be light. The second one is let there be light, and then there was the moons and the stars and everything, the lights of heaven. I believe, and I'm not the only one, because I've seen theologians even say, this is my personal opinion. I believe whenever he said, let there be light, there was a difference in between physical light and spiritual light. I said, in my opinion, I believe let there be light was a separation between heaven and the devil and his kingdom. Let there be good and evil be divided. No longer in my kingdom going to be part of both of this. Let it be divided and let heaven be split away and let the devil be cast down. We are not... And that's why in my mind, why shadows hide. That's why I said shadows hide, because that darkness is trying to get away from the heavens because it knows when heaven steps in, it cannot do nothing but hide. So, like I said, my mind goes everywhere. Sometimes they're left field, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're like, hmm, let's get a thank you. So here we are with the light. But here's the thing with the light. It's so amazing to me. Has any of you ever messed with a candlestick and lit it and just walked around? Did you know that actually a candle flickering can be seen by the naked eye 30 miles away? Think about that. How far is 30 miles? That's, let's put it this way. I think 30 miles, I'm not even 20 miles, I don't think, from Urban, are we? 30 miles. So from here to where I live, I could, flat ground, yes. <laughs> Ignore the mountains. <laughs> Yes, if you go out to the ocean, let's just put it the ocean that way, you can see it flicker for 30 miles. Think of the impact of that. They say during a forest fire, a small forest fire, you can see from space thousands of miles. Think about that. That is how significant your light is and how significant you are as an individual to let your light shine. So many times do we hide it under a bush. 
so to say, or hide it under this, hide it under that. Well, I don't want to be who I am because I might offend somebody. Let your light shine. Because that little flicker, you might not think it, you are being able to do anything and being able to do nothing. But just one small flicker can set a flame to everything else. One small flicker can be seen for miles, and they are seen. And that's the reason sometimes that the target's on your back is because you can be seen for miles. Because it's not because you want the spot. It's because you are blessed and highly favored of God. Now, what about we act like it, though? How many times do we walk in and just, oh, always me? Why is this? Why is that? Oh, man. I can't do it and not realize how blessed we are. That food is on our table. We got a home. We got a place to lay our head down. We are blessed from every one side to the other. But yet here we are. We're, we're always me because we're, we're refusing to let that light shine. When somebody comes to talk to us, we tell them how bad it is before we tell them how good it is. But you know, that's a lot of our culture. And you know, I think that the, the salt can change, the light will change too because the light will be dimmed out until it's just smoldering. And so many times have I have seen saints that goes through life and has smoldered out until it's just a little vapor of smoke here and there. And sometimes I've watched them completely as if you just cut the wick and it's no longer burning. But here's the thing, and here's the scary part about God. Because it says that we need to fear the Lord, but you also got to understand that God is not just a God of uh, love and mercy and grace, but He's also a God of judgment and a God of power. we got to also remember that. That if you are not willing to use your light and willing to use the calling that He's placed upon you, He will find somebody else. That is the scary part that a lot of people don't ever realize. They're thinking, well, well, I'm anointed. Because you know those scriptures that says many are called, but few are chosen. I will say it, and I have said it for as soon as I've got the revelation. Every single one of us has a calling on our life. But why is it that there's only one or two that will actually grow into that ministry and step into that position and be the pastors or be evangelists and be a prophet? There's a reason why prophetic ministry has completely vaporized. Because we have people that are called, but they do not want to consecrate themselves to become chosen. Because it's a different story whenever God wakes you up in the middle of the night and say, I need you to pray for this individual. It's a different story whenever you have to be on your face and praying and in fasting day in and day out just to hear a word from God. It's a different story whenever you have to sit down and say, I can't, can't go to restaurants today. I'm not saying it's an easy walk. But I am saying there's a difference between called and chosen. Because we all feel a calling in our life, but it's the willingness of, I'm willing to do this regardless. And you know, a lot of the times we don't know our callings. But you know what? I've come to the conclusion that to have the Spirit. Has anybody done a study on Obed-Edom? Obed-Edom, that's the one where they set the ark when David was bringing it back and they set it in his house. And at the short time that he had it, it says whenever they took it back out and put it in the temple, Obed said, I'm not staying here no more. I am going to the house of the Lord and I will stay there. It says whenever they were beginning to take notice of everybody and take note of everybody for the musicians, for the praisers, for the gatekeepers, for all these different situations and all these places. If you looked at it, over half the list Obed-Edom was in. He was the musician. He was the gatekeeper. He was the praiser. Because he says, I'd rather stay in the house of the Lord and serve the Lord every day of my life and just be a servant in the house than to step out and be without. To think that I'm too comfortable and I'm too anointed to not do anything at all. But just the ability to just step out and just let His light shine made so many other people mad because they're like, you know what, if anything else, so bad beating will do it. And that's a good place to be. 
And may, people may call you down, may call you negative or whatever, but you know what? That is a good place to be whenever you are willing enough that God can trust you with anything He gives you. I'm preaching a little bit, ain't I? <laughs> but let your light shine. Let your light shine for so much and let it be powerful. Let it be anointed. Let it, don't worry about just nothing it out. Be you. Be who God has called you to be. Don't try to be somewhere, somebody else. I spoke about it once before. I don't know if it was here or if, uh, somewhere else, but about uh, Raymond Woodworth had a message. He said that you are, you're not David. I don't remember if I've said it here or somewhere else. And it was such a powerful message. Haley is the one that showed me that one. And the point of that message is, it's like, you know what? You can, we always look to David and say that he slayed his giant. He done this. He done that. And we got a slayer of giants. But he looked at Raymond Woodworth. The point of the message was, you're not David, though. You know, David is the one that slayed the giant. But you're not David because a lot of times we're set back here in the sidelines. And you talk about an impact because a lot of the times we want to compare ourselves to even people in the Bible and compare ourselves to ministers and, not, and neglect our own anointing. Believe me, I have a guy that I, I absolutely mentor, that I absolutely adore. I wanted to be a preacher just like him, but I realized that my anointing has shifted completely separate from his. For the longest time, I tried to preach like him. I tried to speak it and do everything like him, but I realize now that my anointing is not his. My anointing is mine, just the same as your anointing is yours. You know, there's people that you're going to reach that I can't reach. There's people that Brother Pearson's going to reach. I about called you Brother David, sorry, Brother. There's, there's people that Brother Pearson's going to reach that I can't reach. Da brother Brian, you're on my mind, Brother. There's people that Brian, Kimberly, all of you are going to reach different people because there is people that's going through your paths that we are never going to see. But how can they receive that light if you're not showing it? If the only time we receive our light is at church, how are they going to receive it? If the only time they get a savor or a taste of actual what life is really supposed to be about with the hand of God in it, and you're not giving them that salt, then how are they going to get it? Because I'll tell you right now, inviting people to church doesn't work. You're looking at me like I'm stupid. You know how intimidating it is for a newcomer to try to come to church and say, yeah, come to church. And they not know a soul when they don't have the mindset that they're going to be judged, that they're going to be tore down, and that the conviction is going to fall on them. You know how hard it is for a newcomer to come there? And all we do is just invite instead of showing them who I am. And not just who I am, but who God has allowed me to be and showing His love and His mercy through yourself. You know how hard that is if all you're saying is just come to church? Saying, I can't be myself until I'm at church. I can't be who God called me to be until I'm at church. You know, we use the five-fold ministry so much, and we do. But five-fold ministry is for the church, but the gifts of the Spirit is for all of us. For all of us to use it at any time, at any moment, whenever the Spirit of God wants to move. But so many times do we keep it in the church. Has anybody ever had a tongue interpretation outside of church? Has anybody ever had like a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or different or discerning a spirit outside of church. That is the scary thing about our time and as culture as a church. Because we have made it all about a building instead of a body. And that is a scary place to be whenever we are more focused on a church building and expanding our building and expanding what we have as a physical purpose instead of expanding the kingdom of God. Because watch this with light. This is so, so amazing. With salt, 
Salt is pretty much useless in one place. Salt is useless. If you are going to cure a ham or something, you got to scatter it over top of that ham. you got to spread it. Whenever you are trying to clear your driveway, you can't just set it in one spot and expect it to clear your driveway. No, you got to get out there and you got to scatter it. you got to move it around. you got to spread it out a little bit. But you know what the powerful thing about light is as well? When light comes down, when it hits things, it is scattered. What am I saying? Everything has a pigment to it but it does not have color until light hits it. Whenever light hits it, it hits that object and it scatters. And when it scatters and it comes through with that color of the pigments that's in it, it allows you to see color. So in other words, your very light that you are showing and that the very light that you have is the very thing that's giving the world color. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't do it. How many times have we said it? I can't do it. It's too much pressure. I'm the only one at work. That's an apostolic. Luckily for me, I'm the second one. So that's good. For me. But either way, I'm the, I'm the only one or there's only two of us. There's a whole factory and the, there's hundreds of people and I'm the only apostolic person there. I want to say it like this and I'm just going to be blunt and honest. Cry me a river and suck it up, buttercup. It's time to go. Show who you are. You think Jesus didn't have a hard time with them too? They wanted to kill him. Just think we're not as savage as we once was. Jesus says, I am God, and what did they do? They picked up stones and says, all right, you're next. They wanted to just stone him to death right there because he says, I am God. Now here we are saying that we are children of God, and we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. And you know, I, I want to say this, and I know I'm stepping on toes, and I'm saying it into a blunt, but this is also the reason why our society is like it is. As a church people, I'm not saying this across just our, I'm saying this as a church in general. Church body across the nation, a reason why our nation's the mess it is because of us. For we are the ones that didn't speak up. We are the ones that is now allowing bisexual Disney characters now come up into what our children watches. We are the reason now why it's actually a normal thing for transvestites and everything. For that is a normal thing. I'm, I'm going to be blunt and I'm going to be blank. We are the reason. We can blame the world and of course the world's going to be corrupt. But what could we have done if we had formed together and made what we were supposed to be and to spread the love of God like we're supposed to be? Am I condemning all of them? No. What they do is what they do. But I will not condone it and to help them do it. But I will pray for them and to help them out of it. And I have been put down for that, for not condoning, for being more or less not taking part of it. But when they need help, I'm willing to help them. I've had alcoholics come to me and need help, and I'll help them. But then they want me to do something to help incapable to make them where they can drink more, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. You can call me mean, you can call me whatever, but I'm not doing it. I'm worried about your soul. I'm worried about who you are, and you don't need it. Stand up for who you are. Stand up for what you believe in, because we are attacked daily. You know, the trodden on the ground is, is a thought that goes through my mind sometimes. Because we are that place. But if we don't be the savior that changes, we are that savior that gets trodden into the ground. Because there's salt in everything. You know, realize that there's salt in your body? There's salt in the ground that you... Ground? There's salt everywhere. 
But some salt's stronger than others. Some salt can help you. Some salt will be more likely to kill you. And that's the point of that I'm making. Be that salt. Be that light that you need to be. But here's the other part about salt and about this, this light. Did you know there's healing capabilities of it? How many of you have ever swim in the ocean and get out of the ocean water and just feel so just smooth and silky and great, just like, man, or, or just whenever you get out of the ocean, of course you have that grit on you because of the sand and stuff, but you get out and then you take a shower and then you're just smooth. It's like baby face again. Just You know what I'm talking about. I don't ever have that no more. Even just now shaving, I'm still rough. But you know what I'm talking about when you come out. You're, you're moisturized. You're ready to go. It's that salt that's purifying your body. It's purifying your skin. It's cleaning it up. You know salt is used for cleaning materials. Salt's used in even your toothpaste even. You got baking soda and sometimes salt will be put into your toothpaste to help with your cleaning as well. Salt is used for so many cleaning and healing processes in your body. For whenever you get like a cut or something, you can put salt in it. Will it burn? Yes, it will. But when it's done, it will be done. You don't have to worry about it. But you know what? We also look at light and we think light doesn't do that much. But you know there is a place like in that. We don't see much of it here, but in Alaska, for instance, where it's dark half the year pretty much. People has a problem with not receiving light and they actually the doctors prescribe them for their depression and for their gloom that they're in prescribe them light therapy that's what they call it where they say if you just be exposed to light in general because i don't know about you but have you ever been locked into a dark place and then you're like thank god i've seen the light yeah. or come in some of the people here in america actually do it that works in the quarries they go in at dark they come out at dark all they see is dark the doctors will prescribe them light therapy because it's just a moment of that light that they're in that will change their mood completely. So just think about that. The moment of the light that, the light that you have in somebody else's life will be the thing that changes them completely. Changes their mood, changes their mindset. Maybe for other people as the salt, it may heal their wounds. It may clean their wounds out because that ministry that you're able to do that other people ain't able to do because you're the salt. You're able to do things that other people ain't able to do. What other people say that they're Christian and they're able to do. Because believe me, every church has that logo, salt of the earth and light of the world. They've got t-shirts of it. They got all of it. But what separates us from them is the power of God and the Holy Ghost. That is it. Not saying that they cannot be used by God. But meaning that exact point. I don't want to, I got, my mind's racing right now, and I don't want to jump into it because I'm in complete left or right field on that one. I don't want to go in that Bible study. We'll save that for later. So here we are. We got this healing component. And we're able to nurture people's wounds whenever we didn't even think we could. We are now being able to be seen as far as 30 miles away. We are so explosive and so toxic at the same time that we make a sweet savor. It's crazy. It's crazy what God can do. But here's the other thing. It's really, really crazy about all this. Is that we also, what does salt do? If you eat a lot of salt, what do you do after you eat a lot of salt? Thirsty. People has to thirst for word of God after you. Think about that. 
You become thirsty when you come in contact with salt. So if you are the saint and the salt of the earth that Jesus has called us to be, we'll be making other people around us thirsty for the word of God and for a deeper walk with God and just want to get closer because there is a thirst because he says that I am the water. I am the, the unquenchable water that will quench your thirst. And it will not be quenched. Because remember the, which one was it? It was that, the lady that was by the well. She's like, well, give me this water then that quenches my thirst forever. She didn't understand. And she's like, I don't see a pail. I don't see a bucket. Well, how are you going to get it out of the well? He's like, if you actually perceived who I was, you would understand. If you actually understood that I was the Messiah, that I'm giving you more than just a little bit of time here, but everlasting life, you will understand. That thirst that draws us. That thirst that brings us to our place of, I want to go deeper. And you know what? As saints, we can cause each other to become thirsty. That's what's the fun part about being salt. You can cause each other to become thirsty. And to draw in more. Because if you put a clump of salt together, it will draw moisture out. Have you ever done the experiment at school where you tuck an egg and you put it in vinegar and salt water? And you literally watch this egg shrivel up until it's just like a little jello ball. And then you can put it back in water and then it will rehydrate and swell up. But you have to let it soak until the shell completely like dissolves off. But it's really cool because it comes in like a little squishy ball. Even the yolk and stuff will become hard. It turns into like a little ball. And then it will shrivel up and then you put it in back in water. It will swell back up until it looks like it's about to bust. Looks like a little water balloon. You hit somebody with it, it would go everywhere. That's what salt can do. It can draw out more moisture and to bring it in. And when a lot of salt's together, like us right now, we can draw out a thirst for God that nobody's ever seen before, and the heavens will have to be open to quench our thirst. But so many times do we come in not that savory salt. But you know that, that light has a way, like I said, drawing out the darkness. Drawing out. The more we get together, the more there is such a fire, so to say, round about us, the more that will be consumed. Does it sound scary? Kind of. Because nobody wants to be consumed. I don't want to be burnt. I don't want to be completely tucked out. But you know, whenever Jesus says that we are the sacrifice, we are the ones that has to lay down our life for Him. To pick up our cross. To go forth. We are that sacrifice. And if we're willing to come forth as that light and that small flicker, that we can become a blaze that just the same as Elijah called from heaven. And it came down and it lapped up the water. It lapped up the sacrifice. It lapped up the stone that they made as an altar. It lapped every bit of it up. Just because there was a concentrated amount of fire that fell. We are a concentrated light and a concentrated fire right now in this building. So why can't the Spirit of God move and flow freely amongst us and lap up our problems, lap up our worries, lap up our anxieties, lap up everything and everything that is coming against us, every impurity, every mindset that is distracting us, that is destroying us? Why can't it not just lap it up? Because we've got to be that sacrifice and be willing to lay it down as everything that we are and let God say, here, here we are, God, let it come down. 
man, I'm going longer than I thought. <laughs> so here we are. We're now to this point, and I, I've been teaching. I know I haven't been trying to get excited and all this. I'm teaching. I like teaching, I'll be honest. I honestly thought I missed my calling. I should have been a teacher. But so many times, so we got the salt where we can change it. Let me make sure I'm looking at this right. So we got the chemical component. Now we're, we are from our poisons and our explosive tendencies now as being the saver. We have healing abilities. We are able to be scattered and to preserve. So what does all this mean? If you go to Matthew, you ready? 28, 19. Great Commission. Some of us should be able to quote it. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, that's it, name, we're not saying names, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There's a reason why I put and of because it is referring to the name of the Father is also the same name as the Son and also the same name as the Holy Ghost. There is not three different things. They're all the same name, one name, which is Jesus. Luke has the same recall. He says, all submission shall be done in his name. All remission of sins. All casting of demons. All these things shall be done in his name. Luke has the same recall. Just different wording. If you don't believe me, go look through Luke. So the Great Commission, go forth and teach all nations. It's hard to do it in one building. Hard to do it in one place. But going back to the scattering, it has to be scattered out. Scattered out. But the first thing we have to learn, and the whole point of this whole sermon is the thing is that we have to learn our value that we have for ourselves. If we cannot accept that, that we have value, that we are highly favored and loved by God, and that we are powerful children of God, that we are the children of the light, that we are that savorous salt, if we cannot receive that right there, we are good for nothing. That is what it's meaning by If you cannot accept what you are called to be, if you cannot answer the call that I have put on you, if you cannot step forward and do the calling that I have placed in this hour at this time, and because we are here for just this time, it might be in chaos. It might not look like, well, you know what? Jesus' time, it was in chaos just the same. For just this time, we are, we are gave the capabilities to do more than what we're doing. But we have to have a value about ourselves. And in my opinion, food without salt, I don't like. It has no value. A dark room without a light will get you hurt. I don't know about you. Mom stumped her toe the other day, and I thought she was going to cry. I've done it myself, and you're like, oh, Lord. Or how many of you ever walked into a hitch in the back of a truck at night? Oh, if you haven't prayed through, you will then. I guarantee it. It's because you did not see what was in front of you. For he said, what is it? I am the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path. That light is so valuable. That sometimes the people that's putting you down you don't realize is wearing blindfolds. So it doesn't matter how bright you shine, they're going to fall anyways. And that's the part that we have to accept. 
that we're here to reach the world, but sometimes the world is not out to reach for you. They're not there to help you. They're not there to lift you up, but they're there to just let you go by. For Jesus went to everybody there, but there was only few that actually followed him. He says, I cannot be a prophet cannot be received in his own, uh, in his own country. Is it his own country or his own town? Um, more or less. He cannot be received where he's from. And you know, a lot of the times we fight with that struggle. Well, it's like, well, I've lived in Winchester my whole life. Well, I lived here. I lived there. Everybody knows me around here. They, can't, they ain't going to come to church with me. Well, with that attitude, they're not. With that attitude, we ain't going to get nowhere. But you know, is it, I don't know if anybody else has had this happen. You ever had somebody come to you and literally just pour themselves out? It's like it doesn't matter where you're at. You can be in the middle of Walmart and just talk to somebody. Next thing you know, you know their life story. I got a couple, yeah. Everybody else is being a little shy. I've had that happen to me several times. Anymore, I'm just in full council mode. Okay, next, come on through. But it's because you have showed yourself as that light. You have showed yourself as that savoring salt. But the thing is, we stop there. We don't ever pro go into progress and to move it forward. We're just there to just hear. But we're also there to change. We're also there to make a difference. We're also there to just be able to be there to do something in their life. You might think it's insignificant because, believe me, the enemy will tell you what you've done was completely pointless. What you've done was absolutely worthless. You ain't good for nothing. There's a reason why the enemy attacks our ego. There's a reason why the enemy attacks our personality of who we are and why people are so strange right now in this time period and can't figure out who they are or what they are. Because the enemy knows if we figure out what we are and who we are and the ability that we have and the people that we are, that we will be able to shake nations, that we'll be able to be nothing, will be able to stand against us because we are the children of the light. For the gates of hell shall not prevail. What is that saying is that the gates of hell is in a defensive. Hell is so scared of us that they cage themselves in, but we're still going in after them and it will not prevail. But yet we look at that as like an, as the hell has the offensive. No. Hell is in a defensive. And the only way that hell can get to you is through our minds. And it's because we allow it. That is a hard thing. Because we allow it. Because there is no shadow that can be cast anywhere if the light doesn't allow it. The light is the one that Dip, tells the shadows where to go. The salt is the one that tells what, what has changed. And if the salt is not there, then it will not be changed. If the light is not there, the shadow will not be cast. We have that power. We have that authority. So on that note, what about we just change it up a little bit in service? Whenever service starts going on here in a minute, actually, well, what do we call it? Evening service? Worship service. Whenever we continue to go on with worship service, what about we try and test out? Because you know God ain't one of them to just throw it on you and just say, no, He wants you to grow in it, so He wants you to learn your limits. He wants, to, wants you to learn where you're at. And you know, if we just come in with this mindset that I'm willing to do anything, God, and if you will allow the humility to come over me and allow me to be able to be that salt, that God will move in the gifts of spirits that we have never seen before. And so many of them that has grown just completely ancient, so to say, like prophetic ministry. Yeah. 
I mean, so many, a healing ministry. Miracle ministry. If we will just yield and let God to just move throughout this service, there is callings on everybody here. There is callings on everybody here, my God. And that every person here has a purpose and have a reason to be here for this moment in this time. So what about we capitalize on that moment and at this time and we begin to yield to be that savior that God has called us to be. So let's go ahead and just rock and roll and let's blow the top off this place. Amen, Pastor.